Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money, whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Hello and welcome to Money Tips. Look, everybody loves a bargain, right? Uh, but not everything you buy that looks cheap is in fact really cheap or, or really of any good value. Uh, many years ago, I used to get a, a, a mail shot or a newsletter from a company recommending uh, these the sort of penny shares. Do you remember penny shares? And they used to have these lists of penny shares and they said, this guy bought shares for 10 pence and they went up to two pounds giving him a thousand percent return and all this sort of stuff and used to look at these things and then if you book subscribe to their newsletter you would every month you would get a list of penny shares to buy now i never i never went into those i mean a lot of the the penny shares that you saw on there were penny shares because you know they they were very low price and were probably about to fall off the the stock market altogether you know just just because they were cheap on on paper it, it didn't really mean that you know they were they were really cheap in in terms of value. Um, in reality, uh, you know the price of a share. The, so if a share is a pound per share, and you think that looks cheap, and then you look at say, you know Berkshire Hathaway in America, where the the the, the shares are hundreds of thousands of pounds per share, or you you look at a company and say, well that that company's shares are you know uh, fifty pounds. So they must be more expensive than the share of this company that's five pounds. But that, that that's nonsense because it depends on how many shares are issued and the overall value of, of the company. Yeah, you could buy shares for a pound in a company that might only be worth a pound or worth a hundred pounds, you know. So it, it's, it all depends on the value of the company and, and how many shares are issued. And there's ways of researching it. And I suggest that you know, if you do want to invest in the stock market, you, you might want to take courses on it, learn about it, or talk to an advisor or, or whatever. I'm not suggesting you go out and buy shares. So what I'm trying to get at is that it, just because something looks cheap on paper, it doesn't mean it, it is cheap and it is good value. Now, my thing is more property. Now, same way if you're buying a property, um, you know, you, you could find a property that looks really cheap. I saw a property advertised for £25,000 the other day, but there's a reason for that. Just because you, you get a property for twenty five or £50,000, um, it doesn't mean it's cheap. Is it? For, first of all, is it worth £50,000? It might might not be worth 50000 It might be worth what it, it, it is worth. It might be worth 40000 It might be worth nothing. It might be worth 60000 or 70000 We don't know. You, you need to, to find the real value of the property, not just the ticket price, Just just like I was saying on the shares um, you need to do your homework you need to ascertain whether the property is worth what you're paying for it or what it's advertised for what's the real value uh, the, there's a difference between value and price uh, the difference between something and and, and the v- price of something the value of something um, you know must be looked at it, it, it can be the same it can be similar but not always you know if you look at the stock market now a lot of people are saying that the stock market is overpriced that there's not much value out there. Um, you know, major investors such as um, Charlie Munger and uh, you know, th- those sort of people are not buying anything and haven't bought anything 
for, for at least a year or so, even though they're sitting on you know billions of pounds worth of cash that they could go out and buy anything they like. But they're holding back because they don't think there's value. And obviously, investors want to buy something not just at the phase value. They want to find to, to, to buy something below value or at least something that has a good opportunity of going up you know, with some improvements or with added value. So, you know, generally a property investor doesn't want to just buy something at the market price, right? They're looking for a deal. Now, as I said, everybody loves a bargain, but sometimes we can be sucked into the things like penny shares or anything like, you know, let's buy this because it's on sale. Let's go down the shops and, oh, that's on sale. It's always tempting, isn't it? You look in a shop, 50% off. Well, 50% off what? You know, was it really that price? You know, and I've done it myself. I was out the other day. I was like, oh, they're cheap. They're 50. And I bought a couple of things, you know, but luckily I'm not doing that with thousands of pounds. Um, not the way I buy shop clothes anyway. So uh, you, you need to do your homework, obviously. And um, with with property, I think you, 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 you've got to, the deal is done usually when you buy it, not when you sell it. So you, you've got to find things that are a real good value and preferably below market value. And this can be for a reason. This could be for sometimes people want to sell properties fast. Sometimes it's a probate sale and the, and the, where the, the, the owner has died and the relatives just want to get their money back. Sometimes it can be because there's a problem. There might be a structural problem. There might be a problem with a title or, or a lease or a very short lease. So, you know, if it looks too cheap, you've got to ask why. If it looks too good to be true, it probably is too good to be true. But there are genuine cases where, you know, something is valued at X, but they're, they're prepared to let it go for Y, which is lower because they just want a quick sale. And this is where all these sort of rescue firms come in. Sometimes it can be because the owner is in financial difficulties and needs to just get rid of a property quickly and they'll put it in an auction or they'll sell it to somebody who's got cash to buy it. So, you know, look for the, the real reason if, if there are genuine reasons out there as to why that particular asset is cheap. Now, I, as I said, the stock market has been rising now for 10 years. So this is why, you know, people like um, Charlie Munger and the Berkshire Hathaway people and a lot of investors are holding back because they, they, they realize that, you know, every 10 years or so, if you look back at charts, they go up for a few years and they come down again. And just like the UK economy usually goes through a recession around every 10 years. And the last downturn was at the last financial crisis, what, 2007, 8, 9, that sort of time. So economies go through these cycles, don't they? Things come round and round, you know, boom and bust, highs, lows. And you know, it's at those times when there's a drop in the market, when confidence is at an all-time low, that you know, nobody wants to do anything because they think it might drop further. You know, that, that's the time when you can pick up assets and, and, and really find stuff that's below market value. Now, you might say, well, market value depends on when. But, you know, clearly, if you see a share in a major company now and it's 10 pounds a share and there's a stock market correction and it goes down to five or six or seven you know you know that intrinsically nothing's changing that company the company's still there um that they're still trading they're still selling what they've been selling for years uh, it's still got good management it's got good fundamentals it's just that the market now said it's worth less because everyone's selling shares you know share prices can drop like a stone because something triggers a market drop and then, you know, a computer program starts selling off shares and suddenly something that was selling for X amount per share could be 20 or 30% less. And if you've done your homework and you know that that company is fundamentally sound, that would be a time, you know, to buy it. Um, 
you know, I, I'm thinking back of BP oil when they had that oil spillage. You know, their shares dropped like a stone and people were saying, I mean, Robert Kiyosaki, I saw him in, in a seminar. He was live in the seminar in the room saying, you know, BP, they're a toast. They're, they're toast. They're not going to survive. They're BP, a toast. You know, I mean, nonsense. Uh, they survived. And I'm sure if you look back at their share price then and you look at their share price now, that would have been a time for the brave to go in and buy. It's not always the right thing to do. I mean, what if BP did turn out to be toast, as Robert Kiyosaki put it? But, you know... There are just times when the market's dropped and, you know, you know that um, that that asset is cheap. You, if you know the prices of property in, in your area that you work in and you know that today they're at X and, you know, in a couple of years time, if there's a downturn, they've gone down to that. And, and you know that that's that you, you'll know that 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 property all day long is worth more than you can, can buy it for at that time. So, you know. Look at that. Think about it. Do your research. Start thinking about it. get 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 educated. Get to know about these things so that you're ready when you know the, the cycle turns around the other way. Now recessions are pretty scary. You know people lose their jobs. Um, things tighten up. Um, you know, but they do open up opportunities to to acquire assets, real assets, um, at greatly discounted prices. Yeah. So th there'll be there'll be big opportunities there. Now an asset. You could describe it as Robert talking about Robert Kiyosaki is something that puts money in your pocket, and uh, a liability is is it something that takes money out of your pocket? In simple terms, you know, an asset is something that can you know grow and give you an income and that sort of thing. So um, definitely, it, it's a time to buy assets, and you know, the rich spend their time buying assets, don't they? They, they don't tend to to go out and get a job and work for their money. They 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 make their money work hard for them. Now. One of, the, one of the problems in a recession, though, is, you know, all right, you've got to learn, you've got, you've got to um, get, get your ducks in order, find out what, what you'd like to do if there was a crash. Um, maybe you need to put some money aside, have some money. And, you know, but during these, during these downturns, when I, I know in the, the last you know, two property crashes ago, I think, property prices were rock bottom prices. But lenders, when prices are at the all time low, when when they're at rock bottom prices, lenders don't want to lend. <laughs> they lend when they're up there, but when they've gone down to there, they're, oh no, it's too risky. <laughs> this is crazy. Normally, uh, a, a property crash comes at about the time when the lenders are piling into it and throwing money at everything, and they're just lending to everybody. Then you know that there's there's a crash on the way. That, that's just my guess, anyway. But I've seen it happen so many times when things are going crazy. You know that that, that you know, and you, you go out and buy a property and you get gazumped the same day. You Someone else is scrambling to buy it, you know, then, you know, things are, are probably due for a bit of a crash. But lenders stop lending and, you know, they hold back. So it's very difficult sometimes to, to get the things you want. So I remember uh, I've witnessed this, witnessed this on a number of occasions. I, I remember back in the in the 90s when, you know, the late 80s, early 90s, I, I, early 90s was a terrible time. Interest rates were really high and. I knew there was bargains out there. There's properties, you know, in St. John's Wood and London, and, and you could really pick up things cheap. And it was just crazy. And yeah, I couldn't get it. I couldn't buy them because um, I couldn't get the money. I couldn't get the, the lenders to lend. I, I couldn't find joint venture partners. And, and just, you know, didn't know. I, I knew people, but I just didn't know how to put it together. And this is something you need to learn how to do. So that if, if this does happen again, you know, you won't have to rely on, mortgage lenders and this sort of thing you know the, the halifax down the road is all oh, no it's too risky um this is the time when you you've 
got to have your uh, money in place. And had I known you know, then what I know now, I think, uh, you know, I would have cleaned up. I would have had so many properties because I would know how to get them, them together. And I, I think I gave an example uh, in a previous podcast of Jim Slater, who went bankrupt, I think in the 80s. And he bounced back in, in, in a few years because he he had contacts that could finance him to buy warehouses, old warehouses um, in, in Fulham and on the river and, and convert those into to flats. And he made millions again um, because he had the mindset to say, right, you know, OK, I, I'm bankrupt, but I'm not morally bankrupt. I'm not, you know, I might be financially bankrupt, but, you know, I've still got that. And, you know, I can go out and make this back again. And he had the friends, I mean, right, he had billionaire friends like Sir James Goldsmith, um, the father of Zach Goldsmith, the politician who, you know, probably could, you know, bankroll him very easily. And so James Goldsmith famously sold out, sold everything. He sold all his shares and his properties before the uh, 1987 stock market crash. Um, so he, he was a billionaire then and he, he was you know pretty, pretty loaded, as they say. However, um, I wasn't in that position. And I, I suggest that, you know, you find out how to um, acquire property with, with no money down. Now, can this be done? Yes, the answer is you can acquire property, you can control property using a whole range of things without necessarily having, you know, your 25% deposit and a mortgage in place. Because clearly, if you save up 25% and buy, get a buy-to-let property and get a mortgage, you know, it's going to take quite a while before you get another 25% together, isn't it? You know, unless, you know, the prices are going up and up and up very fast, then you can refinance that, that property, get your money out and, and move on. It's, it's not that easy, though, is it? And especially in a market now where, you know, prices are dropping in many parts of the country and they're barely going up in, in places like Scotland. Yeah, they're going up, but what, by 3%? And what's 3% of, say, 150,000? It's not a lot, you know. So you can't necessarily pull out vast amounts of money very easy like you could in, like you can in a rising market so um i don't know when you're listening to this you might be listening to this uh in in july and there is a, a no money down seminar coming up uh on the 27th of july if you if you listen to this after then i'm sure there'll be other seminars and we can get you on so if, if you are interested in learning more uh and and really get into grips with how to acquire assets without necessarily having the money or how to get into property without having the money, then email me at charles at charleskelly.net, charles at charleskelly.net. That's my domain. And, and find out how you can you know, get into this market and, and open your mind a bit, open your mind to the possibilities out there. Because if, if I'd have opened my mind uh, at the end of the 80s and the early 90s when there were dirt cheap properties and when there were houses I could buy on the edge of London for... Sixty thousand pounds, and there was there were so many things, and there were properties in London that you could buy for for less than a hundred thousand in 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 very nice parts of posh London, in in you know in Westminster. So I I I'll never forget this. It's like I can't get over it. But if you know you've got to know how to do it and how to how to gather people around you and how to get money to do things without necessarily thinking of the traditional twenty five percent deposit. And a mortgage. There's there's lots of other ways you can acquire control and enjoy income from from assets without necessarily having the money. So email me if you're interested, Charles at CharlesKelly.net, and prepare to have your mind open. 
Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 